Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson. I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's going on? Much, David. How are you? Pretty good. Um, been a decent little week in the South Florida sports scene after uh, some shaky starts to the year yeah. for, for a bunch of our teams down here. Um, most notably, the Heat on, we're recording this Wednesday morning the heat on Tuesday night get another one of their uh, biggest wins of the year a uh, huge comeback against the Celtics uh, at Miami Dade Arena um, Bam Adebayo with another monster game um, and Miami kind of suddenly starting to creep back up in the Eastern Conference standings um, Anthony you were at the game on Tuesday night um, I was paying attention to it while also uh, covering the Panthers so uh, you know, in and out a little bit, didn't see the whole thing. What what was, first of all, how did that happen? Heat were down big uh, early on in that one, stormed back with a 15-0 run in uh, the second half. How did they flip the switch? Uh, we should say Jimmy Butler not playing for the Heat, Jalen yeah. Brown not playing for the Celtics, uh, Malcolm Brogdon also not playing for the Celtics. So some key guys missing from both sides. Yeah. Um, but still a huge win for the Heat. How did they pull that comeback off? Yeah, the Celtics were without... Three starters. Three so starters, yep. J- Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, and then obviously basically their six man and and Malcolm Brogdon. So it's a very Celtics light team. Yep. So I think we have to keep that in mind. The the Heat were missing Jimmy Butler. Obviously, that's a big it's a big loss. Um but this was far from like a normal Heat Celtics game. Yes. But a big win nonetheless, because you need every win you can get if you're the Heat at this point, right? Um and you know, they were down 14 early in the second half. They were down 10 with 8.47 to go. Um, and it just really came down to Bam. Bam was just, the second half, he was the best player on the court. He had um, 21 points and 12 rebounds in the second in the second half after like a nine-point first half. So just really got aggressive. They really spammed the two-man game with him and Tyler Hero and really just went to it possession after possession. And Tyler did not shoot the ball well. He shot four of 19. Obviously, one of his worst shooting performances of the season. Uh, but just that action worked very well. And then finally, Hero made a big three at the end. And he also had the assist to Bam on that pick and roll um, for the game-winning basket there with, like, 20-something seconds to play. So um, it really came down to Bam. Um, but Tyler Hero had something to do with it as well, even though he wasn't making shots. It was encouraging for Tyler because, you know, the Heat had been wanting him to come become a better, you know, not just rely on scoring – and he showed other parts of his game um, last night. Um, and then they again overcame a terrible offensive performance. Like, yeah. their offense again was very, very bad. Very bad. Um, I think it was their half court or their offensive rating was like 103 or something like that. Their half court offensive rating was in the 11th percentile. Just their offense has not been good. Yeah, they won 98 95. Uh, yeah. 
two days after they won 196. They haven't it's exactly just, been uh, like no, the world on fire this week. That, their offense is not good at all, but their defense has been incredible at forcing turnovers, um, and they've been pretty good about limiting their own turnovers. So the Heat finished with a 20, 20 more field goal attempts than the Celtics. That's yeah. basically how they won the game. Yeah. If it's like only 10 more field goal attempts, they probably lose that by like 10 points, right? Um, those 20 extra shots made a huge difference. They forced 17 turnovers. They grabbed how many off- They grabbed 14 offensive rebounds. That's basically been their formula for success. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not a good shooting team, so we just have to take more shots than you, and yeah. that's how we're gonna beat you. Um, and that's what they did again against Boston. And um, we should say they've been they're good down the stretch in the last two games. You mentioned Bam, it was two man game yeah. both times, right? Against New Orleans, it was him and Kyle Lowry. Well, they yep. were on like 10 straight pick and rolls down the stretch. Pretty like much. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Um, and then on Tuesday, it was, like you said, him and, him and Tyler Hero. Um, his, obviously, this kind of the story of the season has been that next step that he has taken. Jimmy Butler has obviously missed a lot of time. And even in some of the games he's played, he's been, uh, I mean, he's missed kind of multiple fourth quarter. Like, there have been a couple of games there where he's played and has been like kind of, actually, Bam had one too, I guess. But, you know, we, he hasn't been there in closing time as much as the Heat obviously would like, where he's, you know, one of the best closers in the league. And Bam has, um, by becoming just, I think a, we've talked about it a lot, a, a player off, on offense, he plays to his strengths, I think, even more than he did in years past. And it has turned him into a, a really, really valuable closer for this team. And we saw it really in these last two games where no Jimmy Butler – um, who is, uh, and again, this is a bad offense, and Jimmy Butler is the bailout guy he has been for basically the moment he got here. And it didn't matter because um, Bam Adebayo was the guy who could close games for them. And and that is not, you know, you could probably count on one hand the number of times we saw that before, I don't know, honestly, like the last couple months. And all of a sudden now it's kind of a regular occurrence for this team, which is, you know, has played a lot of close games and needs all the options they can get in crunch time, given how many close games they, they've yeah. that It just seems like they're going to be like that all year. Pretty much, yeah. And I, When you're I, a low-scoring you know, team with a bad offense, you're going to play a lot of yeah, close games. Definitely. And, and you know, this isn't the first year that the Heat have run the offense through Bam. Like, they've run mm-hmm. the offense through Bam before, but before it was more of a facilitator, right? Like, right, he was yeah. the hub of the offense. Now they're running the offense through him to score. Um, and that's the big difference. Like, He's getting to his spots consistently. It didn't matter who was guarding him last night, whether it was Robert Williams, Luke Cornett, Grant Williams, a small switching on him. Like he was getting to his spot, rising over his defender and hitting that little mid, you know. Yeah, I, don't e- I don't even know jump, what to call the, his shot. Little, yeah. yeah, like in the paint jumper, like right above the free throw line, pretty much. Like that's his. That's not an efficient shot. That's not really a good shot. Like defenses should want to force that type of shot. But Bam has become so good at it. Um, Especially like over the last month or so, I think it's shooting close to sixty percent on that shot. Which if he does that, like you're basically Kevin Durant, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, like the, he has he has a go to he has a go to shot now, which is huge. And now he can work off of that. Like there was one time where he, he uh, was a face up against Cornette, and like Cornette was playing him in that shot, and he just went drove right past him. So like now there's counters to when someone presses up on him to to try to defend that shot, make it tough on him. He has, some, he has something else he can turn to and, and kind of work off of it. So just his offensive game has grown so much. He's being aggressive, assertive, um, 22 shots last night. He's averaging 
Pat Riley in offseason said the goal was to get Bam 15 shots a game. Um, Bam then said, no, I want to get around 18. He's at 16 right now, which is – that's a, I mean, I've already told you before the year that Bam was going to average 16 field goal attempts a game. That's an impressive number, and he's doing it consistently. Um, and, and, again, this season has been up and down for the Heat. There has It hasn't always been great, but I, I just keep coming back to – you now like we knew Bam was an elite player, but you now know like you can he's, he could be a top ten player in the NBA when you can when you take a defense into an, a defense into account. If he's not right now, he he definitely has potential to be in a year or two, um, and, and that's huge uh, for this team and his franchise. Yeah, I mean the the Draymond comparison I think is like ever since he since Bam became yeah. like a star level player has been like can he be the Heat's Draymond or whatever has been like the the yeah. No turn turnaround. Um and he's you know, he's probably never you know, Draymond was such a unique player, so I mean we're never gonna probably see another Draymond Green. The remember remember when Draymond first like broke out in every team, every draft was like trying to find Draymond, their, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I'm trying to think of who some of those those guys were. Um Roy what was the who was the Iowa State guy? Royce um Royce like, O'Neal? No, not Royce O'Neal. Royce uh, Royce Royce White, yeah. That's Royce White, um, you know, Jared Sullinger, kind of, right? Like, there, there have been Grant, a lot of Grant, guys. Grant Williams, maybe? A little Grant more? Williams, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think we've moved past trying to do that because... Um, he's well, so unique, of, yeah. He's so he's unique, so and part of it is he got to play with Steph, and, like, those two are meant for each other in a way that, like, two stars, I don't know, have ever been. Um, yeah. But, you know, Bam is... Going, you know, he, that that's the model for when you talk about can he be a top ten player? Like that's kind of the model, but he's a better, much better offensive player right now sure, than yeah. I think Draymond ever was. Um, and you know that defense. The question is, how good does he have to be on offense where his defense, which I think most people I think who like really follow this stuff closely would agree, he's definitely a top ten defensive player and top five if you like throw out like just guys who are like you know, Marcus Smarts and, like, guys who are just defensive specialists. Um, and the question is, how good can his offense get? And, you know, is he ever going to be a three-point, like, great three-point shooter? I, I've kind of given up on that. Um, but he, as he adds more and more, what, what's the stat? I think you, you, did you write it this week that or last week that he, like, takes more non-layup paint shots, basically, than anyone in the league? Like, he's Yeah, he's I think that's unique, right, yeah. He's such a unique uh, scorer around the rim now in ways that, like, when we would come on here for years and years and say, like, he needs to be more aggressive. How can he get better on offense other than, you know, you need to add a three-point shot? Like, these are ways that I I don't know if I saw him becoming, like, a great offensive player. Like, I don't think anyone could have drawn up to, like, he's just going to become the best push shooter in the league. Like, it's not a big part of his game. And, And now it's... His signature shot in some ways. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have like if, if you would ask me like what what does Bam have to do to become an elite scorer? I would not have said like he needs to become a better. He needs to develop a, a go to shot like in the in between like, range, from, like, the free six throw line. Feet yeah, away, from like yeah. yeah, from like eight feet away. Like that's usually again that's not exactly what the yeah we would have said NBA oh, is more, encouraging more these days. Moves, yeah, a good three point shot. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit better right. handle. Instead, he's he's kind of worked around that and done something totally different. Yeah, and, and and teams are starting to adjust to it, right? Like teams are starting on the roll now, sending a third defender and kind of like peeling in to kind of 
close that space, close that pocket pass off a little bit. And that's where Bam then has to make the adjustment. He's a really good passer, so he can, yeah. right? So he's in a really good position to succeed. And maybe that's why the Heat really, like, encouraged this development, uh, this specific, like, development in his game. Because if you do give him that pocket pass, he can make that shot now. Or he can, you know, he can make the right read and right, pass out. That's kind of like, yep. it's kind of like the, Dray- the, the classic Draymond play, right? Where Draymond, yeah. a lot of times, will find Steph Curry or Clay for a three off that pocket pass, right? So... Or if they don't help Alpha stuff and 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 play, he has an open little floater. Um, but it's just that Bam, like you said, is is a much more efficient offensive player than Draymond at this point. Um, and yeah, like uh, he's he's frankly like a totally unique offensive player now. Like you could throw out the Draymond comp like we just did. You could, I mean, there's a little bit of, I mean, he's he's not passing the same way, but there's like a little bit of like Jokic where he gets the ball in like the yeah. mid post and can make the perfect pass. But I can't remember ever like a guy who's his greatest strength as like a like a dumber team than the Heat would have just said, all right, you're like Clint Capella, right? Like you're just a yeah. pick and roll guy who's got a pretty good handle and you can be maybe the best roll guy in the league. But I, I can't remember ever a guy who is a kind of a lob threat role guy. You know, Draymond does a little bit of that, but a lob threat role guy, a true center, um, who is also that good of a passer. Like, that is that makes him kind of something different than um, I think we've ever seen. We've seen great post, like, sure. Olajuwon, yeah. right? Like, great post players who can pass. Um, and then we've seen Dr- the Draymond type, like the guy who takes a once dribble and then swings it, but never a guy who can like kind of crash all the way to the rim and then make that decision, whether he's going to go all the way and dunk it, take that little floater or push shot or make the pass to the corner. Yeah. I mean, they're a little, they're different obviously. And maybe this player wasn't as good of a passer, but do you see a little bit of KG and Bam's game? I mean, that's like when he's had that like mid range jumper thing coming a little bit, right? Like there is, I mean, it's, I, and and, and I say that only because, Coming into the NBA, and even to this day, you ask Bam, like, who a fair player to watch yes. was and who he might try to model his game You definitely after. see Kevin that he is mimicking KG in a lot of ways. He's not as – I mean, KG is, you know, the best yeah. – second best power forward of all time probably, yeah. um, third best power forward of all time. But, yeah, I mean, you can see that – and the NBA is different. Like, if Bam was playing back then, he probably would be doing more stuff like KG did then. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's – I I, I – it's not a surprise that that is Bam's favorite player to watch. Yeah. And, and another improvement that he's made, I'm looking at the numbers right now. Um, he's a really, he's elite in isolation, which wasn't always the case. Mm-hmm. Like you ISO him against a defender. Um, he's basically scoring one point per possession, which is good. Like that's, uh, that's above average, definitely above average. Um, mm-hmm. NBA players. And, and, um, you know that's 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 huge because this team now they're trying to. I was talking to Eric Spolcher about this on a road trip recently. The offense has changed, right? We've talked about this on the podcast, like less handoffs, um, more ISOs, more pick and roll, and they're playing to their best players' strengths. That's Jimmy, right? Jimmy's great in isolation. Yep. Bam now has developed a, a very very good isolation game. Bam is really good in the pick and roll. Tyler's really good in the pick and roll. Um, so they're they're really trying to tailor the offense to their best player strengths. Now you could say the results have not been good, right? But mm-hmm. it's just weird because again, you look at the, those three players, Tyler, Bam, and Jimmy, and they're having some of the best seasons of their career. Yeah. 
And but the overall offensive numbers have not been great. But you know, Eric Spolstra, he still thinks that this offense can be above average. Yeah, I mean, this team was been, shooting but, like lead yeah. average from three, like it would be a total. You know, they still wouldn't be a great offense. No, it would be, be above a, average though. It'd yeah. be around average. Yeah. yeah. If I, I was actually talking to this with uh, Cooper Moore from Heat.com, if the Heat shot made basically shot the same percentage they did last year from three, with everything else the mm-hmm. same as it is this year. They'd be like a top, like be like a twelfth, eleventh best offense. Yeah. Basically, what they were last year. It all comes down to missing those threes. Unfortunately, it's like kind of simplistic, and I know there's more layers to it than that. But a lot of the offensive regression. Well, like we said the star. It's not the stars' problem. The no. Because again, the Heat's best players are not three point shooters. For them. I mean, no. Kyle and and Tyler are. Tyler, yeah. But um, the, like you said, the stars have have done their part, and it's been. You know, and it's not fair to pin it on the role players. They're role players for a reason. But like, they're the we've we've said it a million times. This was one of the I think we did a whole episode about it a couple of weeks ago. It was like the role players just haven't been as good as they were last year. And that doesn't mean they haven't been good. They've all had good moments and had been useful players, but they haven't been as good as they were last year. And that's the that's the only reason the offense is significantly worse than it was last season. Yeah, and I, I I tweeted this a few days ago. I don't know if this still holds true after last night's game, but Jimmy Butler before last night's game was the Heat's top spot up three point shooter. This yes, <laughs> that's insane. Like I would have yeah. told you before the year, you'd have been like, not not a terrible percentage, honestly, for Jimmy. What was the number? It was like thirty five percent. which is fun, which is good, <laughs> it was good for, for him. For Jimmy. But like, yeah, <laughs> I think they had four guys over forty percent last year, like Caleb. Yeah, uh, I think Tyler. Um, Max Strus and, and there was one other guy that was like over forty percent, and now the the top catch and shoot player on the team is Jimmy Butler at thirty five percent. Like that just says that it's it, it's honestly hard to explain. And guys have said like, yeah, we're taking like the basically the same amount of catch and shoot threes, but they're they're being generated differently now because the offense has changed, and that's kind of made things a little different. Um, but it is still weird because you look at the shots they're taking and they're mostly open. Yeah, they feel it's like they should be going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we should say with Bam, you know, obviously it's not ideal that Ty, or Jimmy has missed as much time as he has, but I, it, I think it has really let Bam flourish, yeah. right? He just is not getting to do all of this, particularly this end game stuff, uh, if Jimmy is out there. And, uh, you know, it's one of the reasons that I think, you know, I'm, I'm kind of starting to, we'll, we'll talk more about their, like the big picture of what, what they won, nine of 13, I think. Uh, up to six in the standings as we record now a game up of the Knicks, two back of uh, Cleveland now uh, for yeah, the fifth spot five, in the East. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm kind of starting to feel like, you know, this. I still don't know if they're a real title contender, but I'm kind of starting to feel like they're one of the, I don't know, top ten teams in the league probably. Um, and that is something that I don't know if at any point in the season you can say that. And the big reason I kind of feel that way is the fact that we – Again, they still missed so you know, how much better would this team's record be if all their starters not had played every game, but had missed like the normal amount of time. Um, and ultimately, it might be a blessing for them down the road that it has let Bam become a more confident and well-rounded uh, offensive player. And, you know, we'll see how playoff time they can balance that with Jimmy's, oh, you know, his heavy isolation, slow it down style that has worked in the Heat's biggest moments during the playoffs. But it could, you know, we'll, again, we'll have to see, but it could ultimately end up making the Heat a better team 
come playoff time than they are in the regular season right now. Yeah, and and they have an identity, right? And it's not a surprise that this is their identity, but defense. They have a top. Yeah, yeah. They're the sixth best defense in the NBA right now, and really good teams have like basically something they can rely on from night to night. Um, and the Heat have that right now. Now it is weird that <clears throat> turnovers are a big part. Like basically, like we take out turnovers from their defensive numbers, like possessions that only end with a free throw or shot. They have like one of the league's worst def- defenses, which shows you how much they rely on turnovers and creating them. Um, but still, like that's their formula for success right now, and it, it's been cons- it's not like a two week thing. Like it's been consistently, yeah. Like like throughout the year, through the uh, last three years, really, and that's how they're winning games. So yes, their offense is not good. The hope is it'll trend continue to trend in a more positive direction. Uh, but their defense, they figured you know early in the year we were talking about their man to man defense was like second worst in the NBA. Mm-hmm. They figured that at the end of the court out, which Eric Spoelstra always figures it out um, somehow whatever personnel he has and um they're up to six right now and they're probably honestly with the way they've been playing lately probably finishing the top five when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply yeah so so i guess the question now is how high can this team get in the standings um and there's again like it's a lot of a lot of time to go here trade deadline coming up like you said um but the fact you know they're five games above 500 for the first time all year they are uh got that positive point differential finally which they had not had for most of this season they're net rating though per game they're net rating is zero okay it's exactly zero exactly zero they basically i mean they must have scored i'm looking just on the espn standings page they're a 0.2 point differential which means they have like scored like what one more point i think their opponents this year probably because they are so anyway uh yeah like i said how, how high can how high can they go in the standings and what now, like I said, trade deadline coming up. We t- we talked, we did a couple of weeks ago. We talked about what they should be targeting maybe uh, around then. We'll do that again uh, in a couple of weeks once the deadline is actually here. But uh, I mean, I just, one, you, you said you think they'll finish top five. I, I kind of feel the same way. I was high on Cleveland at the start of the year, but it seems like they've just, you know, they're still a young team, right? Like they we're really riding high early in the year. Um, obviously, Kevin Durant being out for the Nets uh, has brought, you know, they were what up at number two, I think at one point they've, they've slipped a little bit. Um, how high can this team get? How has your perception of this perception, team's yeah. ceiling changed? And now we'll, when we look at the next month where we've got the all-star break, we've got trade deadline coming up. What, what, what should be the heat's course of action here? Yeah, I mean, look, they're they're within striking distance of four, right? Even like if yeah. Brooklyn keeps playing, you know, with Kevin Durant out, they've obviously slipped up a little bit. And um, they honestly, are, they're they're within striking distance. Like, there's a pretty good, three, yeah, yeah. With, with two, the yeah, uh, yeah, no, four and, and a half back of the six. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a, a long way to go. Past, but yeah, I mean, like two weeks ago, I would have said just avoid the plane. Yeah, 
Like that that honestly is still like the goal. <laughs> if right, I, mean, yeah. you, I mean, like, they're only the game up on the so Knicks, close. Like, yeah. yeah. Like you just don't want to be in the plane. But one bam injury and all of a sudden like you got yeah ground to make their problems. Yeah. yeah. But they do have a shot, like definitely to catch Cleveland. Two back and Cleveland hasn't been playing as well, obviously. And the Heat have been trending in a more positive direction. Um, Brooklyn. So if I'm the Heat, I try to avoid the playing, but aim for that home court in the first round. They were within striking distance. There's yeah. no reason why you shouldn't have your sights set on that. Like you're three and a half back of Brooklyn. You're not going to get Kevin Durant for at least like another week or two. Try to make up ground right now um, and, and really give yourself a shot in the final months of the regular season to play for home court in that first round. Considering the way this season started, that'd be a pretty big accomplishment uh, for this team to, to climb all the way back to that point. So um, that's kind of where I've stand right now. Like number one, avoid the play in, but if, Definitely try for for one of home, those home courts. I think it's realistic at this point that they can get there. Um, but I will say this as a disclaimer, and I think we've said this last week. And I don't want to like rain on people's parades, but they have won 15 of the last 22. Um, Been against some bad teams. Against and some teams really missing bad. their stars, it feels like you know. Obviously, the two wins against the Bucks. Yes. Now they've, they've been missing guys too, as we said. Yes. Jimmy not yeah. playing last night. Yes, but yes, they haven't really had many. I don't know if they, they look back, you look down the list, and I don't know what you could say is like a quality win. I know that he'd have been missing guys, but all of them have been against losing teams. And then yeah. the winning teams they have faced, the Clippers are missing Kawhi. The two wins against the Bucks, we've talked about this, they're missing Giannis and Chris Middleton. Two wins against New Orleans, they're missing Zion and Brandon Ingram. Yesterday, the Celtics are missing three starters. Like, those are all the winning teams they've played, and basically they haven't been that same team when they played them. So, yeah. Yes, there's something to be said about the Heat taking care of business because they weren't doing that earlier in the year. And also the Heat have been dealing with their own injury issues. But we have really yet to see them during this like month-long stretch beat yeah. a full strength, like a, a winning team at full strength. And that's crazy, but that's that's kind of where things are. So yeah. yes, the Heat have been playing better, but the competition hasn't been great. Yeah, we'll say also their schedule is relatively easy the rest of the way compared to I'm looking on on tankathon and sixers yeah. have the second hardest strength schedule remaining in the nba and the knicks have the hardest um so like there's there's definitely opportunities there at the same time the heat also still has three games against the sixers two more against the bucks two against yeah, the nets three against things. the Cavs. like that's going to decide yeah. things yeah um yeah and but and so the schedule now is so because so many guys are missing games right like I right. Think I wrote, it's weird two weeks it's, ago. it's almost like a roll of the dice any given night it's just yeah. like are you I, I think I'm missing one starter, three starters, an all-star, two role players? Don't like, know. I, I wrote January seventh, I believe, the day before they started played Brooklyn, that they had the toughest schedule in the NBA remaining. And since then they played like I said, Brooklyn, two games against Milwaukee, two games against the Pelicans, a game against Dallas. Yeah, and like um, they, they kind of got through their toughest stretch. They got through the, the toughest stretch. Without, yeah. Yeah. So like I, I'm I don't know if I'm ever gonna like refer to strength the schedule again because you just in this in today's NBA, you just don't know what you're gonna get. Yeah, they are in a very easy division, which is nice. And that could that could help them because that that's a tiebreaker. Like if they it tie is. with the Knicks, they're gonna they're gonna win their division. Yeah, and the Knicks <laughs> are pretty the Knicks confident are, about that. The Knicks are not, so that could be, you know, if it comes down to them and the Knicks, like that could be the difference. So yes, divisions really don't mean much, but it might it might it could be a tiebreaker. Yeah, like yeah. you said. Um, trade deadline, have your thoughts on what they should be looking at in the next month here changed at all? Not really. I mean, they need offense, right? They need shooting. 
Um, I know people want another starting uh, starting four. Caleb has been kind of dipped off a little bit the last few weeks. He's not 100%. Even though he's playing, he's he's clearly not himself. And I I spoke with him a few days ago. He's like, it's just hard to catch a rhythm. Like, I still I feel better, but I don't feel myself still, mm-hmm. but I want to play. Um, so, yeah, like another four, I guess. Even if it is not a starting four, some depth at that position. Even though Haywood Highsmith hasn't played better. He played really good last night. We should mention that. Yep. Um, give him some really good minutes. Um, they do probably need another, like, experienced power forward option on this roster. And preferably, he'd be a really good two-point shooter. Um, I know Bogdan uh, Bajanovic, right? I keep getting mixed up another Bogdan. Bogdan, Bo- well, there's two Bogdanovic. There's yeah, Boyan yeah. and Bogdan. The one from Detroit. The one from Detroit. Um, he, he, would make se- he, would, he would make sense, but... Um, you know, defensively, there's certain little, you know, limited rebounding, not great, but that he need his offensive skill set. Like, that would be a huge boost to the offense to have a player like that, whether he starts or not. How Spoke can utilize him um, would be, you know, that, that's kind of like uh, Spoke loves players like that, where he could be creative and. Yeah, kind of I, I love Boyan. I think like he, he is. Uh, and honestly, yeah. I don't think he's like, I don't know what the numbers say, but six, seven long arms, like, yeah. he's not a total. It's like what. And he's, he can move better than Duncan. Obviously, that was always yeah. with Duncan. It's like, oh, he's, he's so big. He should be able to be okay. But, like, I don't know. I, I kind of like Boyan as a uh, – I mean, yeah. I don't know what you have to give up for him. And I think there will be kind of a bidding war for him, weirdly. Yeah, he's, like, a, he's a hot name. Sounds like it's going to be yeah. a pretty quiet trade deadline, and he could be one of the biggest fish out there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of like I, – I, I've always liked him as a player. And, like you said, I think Spo would – just like adore him yeah yeah and his, yeah his defensive metrics aren't bad like yeah he's not gonna he's not Caleb Martin but his defensive metrics aren't bad for um, a bench four right a bench right. forward yeah right so I, I he'd be a kind of a, I think a really good fit for what this team needs but like you said are the, he could would he have to give up a first round pick for him would he have to go place like his first round pick would the Heat do that right I mean that's kind of I know that he don't like the draft for this team is not a big deal, but that's an asset that you could use for if someone else becomes available in the offseason, right? right? Um, so that's I think that's the that's kind of the dilemma that you're in right now. It's like, okay, we want to win now, but is it worth giving up an asset that we can use down the road if the improvement is not going to take us to the next level of being a, real, a true championship contender? It's not going to make that big of a difference. So, like, yeah, you, you don't want to punt on the season, but you also have to look long term as well, and I think that's kind of where the Heat are right now, and that's a decision they have to make as the deadline approaches. All right, you got any final thoughts on uh, Tuesday night or anything from the last week? We didn't really talk about any of the other games this week. Obviously, got blown out by the Mavs on Friday. Yeah, um, got a win against a shorthanded Pelicans team on Sunday, and uh, quite an quite an ugly game um, that the Heat pulled out in the end. Yeah. I mean, the, the Pelicans' offensive rating in that one, half-court offensive rating, was in the f- first percentile. In and the what, the Heat was like the third or something, right? Yeah, it was just atrocious. <laughs> like, just an awful game. I mean, yesterday it wasn't much better. I mean, it was better, but it wasn't much better. They but, got an identity, though, like you said, and uh, that's really what matters. That's what I supposed to say. If we have to win ugly, so be it. And that's what the Heat is doing. Yeah. So. Um, all right, you can follow Anthony on Twitter, at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, you're going on this road trip uh, next week? I'm actually not. Barry huh? Jackson will be. Barry coming. Jackson, a, a classic Barry Jackson road trip. Some, uh, when we talk about, actually next week is going to be 
It's a big well, one. they they won't have played. They'll play. They'll play Cleveland by the time we record next time. But three games, four games in a row: Cleveland, New York, Milwaukee, Indiana. Those are when we talk about those games that could determine uh, playoff seeding. Those yeah. those all four of those count. So, um, like you said, this is the toughest stretch of the Heat's schedule on paper over these last couple of weeks. But uh, a week like next week or whatever, the next two weeks uh, could be one of the most important when we uh, look at where this team is going to wind up. Um, Anyway, uh, thanks as always for listening, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week.